0: Welcome to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. The Omicron variant. Get boosted. Wear a mask. Mr. President, why aren't you wearing
1: a mask? Jen Psaki, the White House Press Secretary, stands at the podium with no mask. Ms. Psaki,
2: why don't you have a mask? I'm at the end of my rope. Dr. Fauci, you are the lead architect for the response from the government. And now 800,000 people have died.
1: People are unable to find the at-home test.
0: Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7.
1: All right, welcome in. It is News and Views, Clark, Benny, and Tom. Lots to talk about. And uh, this election map story is like Groundhog Day. (laughs) Uh, So an appeal has been filed to the state Supreme Court concerning the Tuesday Superior Court decision that basically told the Republicans your maps are good. We talked about this yesterday. Two and the story broke right as we went on the air yesterday. Two Republicans, one Democrat. Common Cause North Carolina told WITN that it filed its appeal to the state's highest court this morning. And uh voting rights groups, liberal voting rights groups have said the maps passed by the legislature in November were drawn for pure partisan gain in order to dilute the voting power of racial minorities of course that's what they're going to say there, there's no empirical evidence that that's true but that's what they're going to say uh, because what do they do what do liberals always do they play the race card that's all they know that's all they know um but it is uh, groundhog day for another reason not only and and i have not seen anything that the supreme court said we're going to Pick it up and run with it. I mean, the Supreme Court could say, "No, we're not gonna, we're not gonna hear it." I don't think that's gonna happen. I think they will hear it, but it's possible. But what's also interesting is, again, there is requests, demands, temper tantrums over who will get to hear. I don't know why they're going down this end, but uh, on the Republican side, they're saying Anita Earls. She's spoken publicly about the importance of impartiality. This is uh, in the motion from Republicans. But because of her record of public advocacy against the legislative defendants, any reasonable observer would think she could not be anything but partial to the plaintiffs in this case. Accordingly, for this reason, and because it appears that the National Democratic Redistricting Committee, which is um, Eric... um, I'll quickly forget, Eric Holder's group. Um, They're an organization on a singular focus on redistricting, in particular uh, redistricting litigation, helped her to the bench, $250,000 worth of help. Uh, She's she's biased. And frankly, I think they've got a very, very legitimate point. Now, on the other side, the liberals, uh, again, are repeating themselves. They are not saying anything new when it comes to Phil Berger Jr. They're continuing to say his dad is a senator, he's running for re-election, and therefore Phil Berger needs to disqualify himself. Phil Berger's already addressed that. He's not going anywhere. Uh, Anita Earls, quite frankly, I think the argument against her – For her to recuse herself, I think, are much stronger arguments. I'm biased. I recognize that. It's news and views. I'm the host. That's my view. But my view is, yeah, she ought to recuse herself, but she's not going to be forced to recuse herself. It's not going to happen. And uh, I I would be extremely pleasantly surprised if she recused herself. You know, I wonder if this battle is taking
2: place because behind the scenes um – you know, obviously publicly, no one's going to say anything. But behind the scenes, everyone knows how the Supreme Court's going to come down on this. You know, each each justice, how they will vote. Because I mean, they're going after an Earls and uh, Burger, you know, pretty pretty tough on both sides. But I, I'm like you. I mean, it's easy for us to say that we we think Earls is obviously has a conflict of interest more so than Burger. But uh,
1: I, I don't well, when you've worked as the attorney. For a group, and again, there's there's two cases. One is NAACP versus more. The other is the maps. But uh, when you've been given huge amounts of money mm. from the the key individual, largest contributor, yeah, yeah two hundred fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and you're going to say, "Well, no, I can, I can," and that's pretty good.
2: Uh, I hadn't looked at every financial uh, form of of these these races before, but I have looked at some justices financial disclosures in the past and that's that's a pretty good chunk for
3: oh yeah but from one oh, yeah. contributor oh, for oh, justice yeah.
2: yeah but you know something i've talked about before and we talked about maybe in the last couple of weeks here you go with anita earls another democrat justice supreme court justice uh, if i'm not badly mistaken this is her first time on any bench any judge that's true and you know, you know, her, career, her legal career basically boils down to being advocates for, you know, some pretty left-wing causes. You know, they can say, no, it's for equal justice and social justice and civil rights. But, no, but no they're, they're, her really career has been representing one side of the law her entire career, and she goes and becomes a Supreme Court justice. I, I just – I don't think we need justices like that, Democrat or Republicans. I think we need someone – Justices um, that are their entire career, they've been advocates for the law and constitution, um, whether it be through education or the bench. But I think I think they need more bench experience than immediately going to the Supreme Court. Personally, but well, it's well, too late to do anything about no. that. But it's uh, just another another thing that uh, you know. If you've got the Superior Court panel yesterday that that voted three three zero to say the maps are okay um if if the if the supreme court goes the way of the democrat majority four three i i just i think it's really i mean where does it end i i read kind of a cheap novel approach of the 280 page um deal that the three judge panel right. report last night the I readers just, digest version. yeah I, well i just took it i just took it kind of a cheap novel approach pull, pulling out some things but so, and some of their points they made is, is very good points. That where does it end? Where does it end? If all of a sudden the Supreme Court in North Carolina says, for political reasons, and and to and to say these maps are for no other reason, political reasons, we can say, hey, you got to throw them out. Well, I mean, where does that end with anything? With any ruling? Just because you just because you disagree with it politically, regardless of what the law says. I mean, where does it end? If 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 it's if this if they if they overturn it, then regardless of who's in the general assembly, Democrat controlled or Republican, basically you're saying the law of the land, there is no three branches of government. You've got one
1: branch of government. Yep. I mean basically. Yeah. And and the separation of powers is so important. It's fundamental. So important. But as you see how the Democrats are running things, uh eh, Who cares? What's the big deal? News and Observer is reporting Wake County District Attorney Lauren Freeman will not file criminal charges against the school system for distributing books that some parents say are obscene for containing graphic language and images about sex. Did you get our caller, by the way, Clark? Okay. All right. Uh, We're trying to get Mark Robinson on the line to to discuss this because it obviously is right up his alley. Uh, Our lieutenant governor. Clark had him on the phone, but he can't speak right now. Uh, Thanks for that, Clark. A group of parents and community activists filed nine criminal complaints in December with the Wake County Sheriff's Office accusing the school system of distributing obscene and pornographic material. Freeman said that her office has determined that at this point we don't believe it's a criminal matter. Uh, That that is such a loosey-goosey statement. Is it is the material pornographic, is it obscene, and is it improper to be exposing minors to it? It seems to me that's pretty cut and dry. It doesn't seem to me to be, well, in my opinion. I mean, which was the Supreme Court justice that, uh, you know, I don't know the definition of pornography, but I know what it is when I see it. Yeah, was that uh, – hmm. Don't remember, but it was a Supreme Court, a United States Supreme Court judge. Was it Scalia? Was it? No, I think it goes beyond. Uh, be, Wait, before, way back
2: before that, Scalia.
1: I mean, who was? Um, anyway, well, I, I digress. Um, "Quote: We may have thoughts. We have may have thoughts or opinions whether certain materials are appropriate to be on the school shelf." Freeman, a Democrat, said in the interview with the News and Observer on Wednesday earlier today. That is different from whether it's a violation of criminal law. If it's if it's no, if it's a criminal, if it's a, a criminal act, it's in violation and it's criminal law. And I mean, I think the laws on the books are pretty cut and dry. I mean, bottom line is you have these district attorneys all over the United States that are running the, the George. I don't know that she was uh, um, paid for by George Soros, but they live in the George Soros world and they say we're not going to. We're not going to enforce certain laws. I mean, frankly, Josh Stein is is guilty of this. And instead of, I mean, their job is when the law is broken, you enforce the law through the judicial system. And you have these DAs that just, say, nah, I'm, I, don't, I don't think so. Uh, in my opinion, that shouldn't be, the, the, the person shouldn't be charged. You're not supposed to be creating law. You're supposed to be enforcing the law. Some of the books targeted include "Gender Queer," "All Boys are, Aren't Blue," "George," and "Long Boy." I won't go in. There's a description if you go to the News and Observer about what's in those books. It's pornographic. I, <laughs> I don't know how you could say it it's otherwise. pornographic. It's pornographic, and no I mean, in, in in some cases, they're drawings of the acts, but there are drawings of it. But there's certainly verbal descriptions. I mean, it's stuff that would make your hair stand on, then, that you wouldn't – I mean, I, granted, okay, I'm 67 years old. But, you know, those the, the, the kind of stuff that's in these books are the kind of stuff that you'd have to go to some back alley to find 40, 50 years ago. And now we've got them on the bookshelves of our public libraries? Mm. <laughs> it, it is mind-boggling. But it, the, this article goes on to describe what is in the books – for something to rise to the level of being criminal from the standpoint of materials is, different, is a different standard than a standard as to whether or not that material should be made available to children in school, Freeman said. Our office's role is to identify situations where dissemination of pornographic or inappropriate material crosses that criminal line. How far do you have to go? <laughs> if this doesn't cross the line, what does? <laughs> I mean, again, I, I want to try to keep this program somewhere near PG. But, I, I mean, if if you can imagine graphic homosexual acts, that's what's in these books. I'm talking about graphic homosexual acts, sexual acts.
2: Any sexual act is, it, it's is inappropriate. Need, it's just not needed. But uh, that's what's in these books. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, we talked about it before. We, we are so far behind so many developed countries in our education system in math scores and and other scores that um i i mean there's just not a place for that <laughs> yeah i mean I, I, I mean exactly i mean we, we had enough problems l- l- let's just take the morals out of it okay you don't have any morals l- listen i won't argue with you on the morals issue but there's a heck of a lot other things we need to be teaching kids other than this <laughs> you know? cuz you know some people would just say you know we're being we're being too um you know conservative on that on that theory but uh it's just i mean math and science is a heck of a lot more important
1: Well, well listen when when you lose your moral compass well yeah as a nation
2: that's it
1: that's it you're 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 halfway down the slippery slope and gaining speed she went on to say in this case Freeman said that the complaints didn't meet the high standard of being criminal violation due to First Amendment free speech issues. So this is a free speech issue now. Mm -hmm. In other words, she's saying, well, you know, in our opinion, it's really, it doesn't cross the line. And plus, this is a free speech issue. So I guess you can use free speech as a rationale to promote obscene material, which I guess is basically means you can scream fire in a crowded theater and uh but if you question question anthony fauci you're shut down by the Wook group and you're not going to give anybody come to your defense wow uh we got to take a time out when we get back joe biden boy his <laughs> he's in la la land he he, he, he yeah <laughs> <laughs> you're right joe stay with us we'll be right
0: back, back. <laughs> news and views he's kind of a diva he's absolutely fascinating Customer, gentleman, spy irresistible to women deadly to his enemies a legend in his own time you won't believe what he's going to say next on talk 96.3 and 103.7 here's Tom Lemprecht.
1: welcome back in and uh get ready we could see some white stuff this weekend the uh, saturday night low is supposed to be 27 and saturday night is when the precip is supposed to come in will continue into sunday then it will probably switch over to <laughs> rain sometime sunday <laughs> oh, afternoon. oh this
2: is weather you said white stuff i thought hunter biden was coming into town <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh yes looking at other weather between now and then tonight partly cloudy a low around 31 tomorrow pretty nice sunny with a high of 56 Friday, more sunshine, a high in the low to mid-50s. And uh, it is January 12th. Today is National Take the Stairs Day. Hmm. Okay. Did you take the stairs today? I, you know, I, well, I took the stairs down from the uh, hallway into the garage where I went and got <laughs> yeah, in the car. Yeah, I guess that's the only stairs I hit. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Eastern North Carolina is so flat, we don't have a whole lot of stairs. The um, president... <laughs> Oh, Joe. Come on, uh, man. Now, the new uh, inflation numbers came out, and we're now at a uh, 40-year high, which is a 40-year low for the American citizenry. Uh, Worst inflation in 40 years, basically year over year for inflation is uh, 7%. So that takes us back to uh, 1981, 1982. Mm Mm-hmm jimmy carter says thank you joe yeah <clears throat> now um, jimmy was out of office but we were we were still feeling the effects oh. of jimmy yeah reaganomics hadn't taken yeah. effects quite and seven percent um i mean we actually if if inflation goes higher which i hope it doesn't but it probably will um then that number will stretch out even further into the uh, carter administration but Are you ready for Joe's response? So the worst inflation in 40 years, he says, and I quote, Today's report, which shows a meaningful reduction in headline headline inflation over the last month, with gas prices and food prices falling, that demonstrates we're making progress. (laughs) We're slowing the rate of price increases. Biden said, ignoring the fact that year-over-year inflation is at a 40-year high, quote, at the same time, this report underscores that we still have more work to do. You think? You know, the, the problem is, Joe, when you do the work, things get worse for all the Americans out there that are trying hard to make ends meet. Except for the elites. I mean, they don't feel inflation. No, no, no. And, you know, I mean, here
2: here was it last week, Biden, you made a st- you know, to comment about oh, he was having a conversation with his uh, with sister in law or somebody, and and you know what? They went to the grocery, talking about going to the grocery store and hamburgers five bucks a pound or something. <laughs> he's clueless. I mean, he's clueless, and and most in Washington, it's not only Biden. Most in Washington don't have a clue. No. They don't have a clue to way everyday Americans and what they deal with because inflation. I mean, inflation hits you know the the, the lower middle class and poor. And people in poverty, obviously the worst. People that, you know, the inflation's on, on just day-to-day things. I mean, that affects your day-to-day life. And it affects retirees. Retirees, you know, uh, which is a big voting block. Um, when you have a fixed income and the income doesn't change and yep. and things are going up,
1: uh, that can that can change those retirement numbers real quick. Gas up 50%. Bacon up 18%. Eggs up 11%. Chicken up 10%. Fresh fish up 10%. Shoes up 6%. Uh, furniture up 13 percent used cars up 37 percent car and truck rentals up 36 percent just a few of the items that you're getting gouged on yeah i rented a car
2: within the last couple of months uh when i went to new york <laughs> and i was like good grief i i I'd never seen anything like it what the prices have skyrocketed on rentals and i guess that's uh I, you know uh I guess that's just because the market, you know, the, demands the, it. The, yeah. demands it The new the new cars. There's a limited number of new cars. Limit, you know, limited number of used
1: cars. So and everything's going uh, up. Everything's going up. And and I, and I I need to back up. I said, you know, they're getting gouged. But it's it's that, that insinuates that the people that are selling these materials are trying to gouge you. No, you're getting gouged because Joe Biden and the Democrats. Uh, and they're look look when you print money hand over fist, yeah. it's it's in in actuality the price of these goods now they do fluctuate a little bit from one product to the other because of the demand issue. B- but what's interesting is if if you had a well if you had pure silver or silver coins or gold coins and you're buying with that, you could you could go back and get the price of the materials of what they cost using those commodities to buy the materials. You go back and um, buy those materials for what they cost prior to 1964 Mm -hmm. because the the, silver retains its uh, value. Gold retains its value. The, The products aren't more expensive. Your dollars are worth less. And, and it's as fundamental as far as the supply and demand
2: issues. It's as fundamental as an auction. I mean, an auction to me, I love an auction just because it's, it's, fun, and it's, it's fun. And and but you know, if you go to an auction and there's three people there interested in an item versus five hundred, right? You, you know, what, what do you think the price
1: is going to be? Yeah. You know,
2: Mitch McConnell with...
1: had a rebuttal to Joe Biden's uh, speech. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good uh mitch mcconnell imitation there clark But what happened to mitch mcconnell's chin uh, mitch mcconnell i
2: mean uh, there's right. no i mean it goes straight from his mouth to his <laughs> top of his tie he
1: <laughs> looks like charlie mccarthy i mean when, when mitch speaks i i swear he looks like he's a mannequin
2: yeah i know i'm getting a little bit more goozle there than i used to but but mitch
1: mcconnell has no chin <laughs> at all none <laughs> but his 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 Jaw just sort of goes straight up and down like he was. Uh, I guess Rush had it right. He's the turtle. The, uh, anyway, Mitch had one of his better days today as he took uh, Joe Biden down. And Joe Biden, his speech yesterday down in uh, Georgia, well, as, as Mitch said, it was very unpresidential. I mean, this is the guy that ran on uniting the country. I mean, it's the same thing as Joe, uh, as Barack Obama and Joe Biden. Oh, I'm going to be the great uniter. And my gosh, the division and the accusations that he came out with yesterday were mind-boggling. McConnell, and by the way, he uh, several times called um, Georgia voting laws Jim Crow 2.0, yes. despite the fact that Georgia has more opportunities to vote and is more open with their voting laws than the state of delaware state of delaware yeah mcconnell said the president's rant yesterday was incorrect incoherent and beneath his office he used the phrase jim crow 2.0 to demagogue a law that makes the franchise more accessible than in its own state he blasted Georgia's procedures regarding local election officials while pushing national legislation with almost identical language on that issue, McConnell said. The president implied things like wildly popular voter ID laws are totalitarian. On the same day, Washington, D.C.'s Democratic mayor told citizens to bring a photo ID and a vaccine card any they leave their house. A great comparison. There is no consistent standard behind anything the president said. He trampled through some of the most sensitive and sacred parts of our nation's past. He invoked times when activists bled and when soldiers died, all to demagogue voting laws that are more expansive than what Democrats in his own home state have. Georgia has More days of early voting than in Delaware or New York. Georgia has no excuse absentee voting, which Delaware and New York do not have. If Georgia or Texas present Jim Crow emergencies, then so do a whole lot of other Democrat-run states, McConnell continued. The Senate Democrat leader is going on cable TV and saying Georgia is greatly restricting or eliminating early voting. This is a lie, probably uh, um, provably false. Georgia has more early voting than New York. It, it is—I'm just getting sick and tired of the bold-faced lies that Democrats are constantly uttering. I mean, there, there was a time and a place where a man's word was his bond. And you and I'm, not saying, I'm, I'm not so naive to say that, you know, going back 100 years, no, nobody ever lied— but my gosh, there, there used to ha- there used to be character issues that were, you know, that that meant something. That means nothing, and, and these people don't they, they don't think that we can't go out and backtrack what they've said, hmm. and find out that it's provably false. Um McConnell went on to blast Biden's effort to eliminate the filibuster, something the president said he wasn't in favor of during the 2020 presidential election and held him accountable to his promises to unify the country. Here is Mitch from earlier today.
3: But yesterday he shouted that if you disagree with him, you're George Wallace. George Wallace. If you don't pass the laws he wants, you're Bull Connor. And if you oppose giving Democrats untrammeled, one-party control of the country, well, you're Jefferson Davis. 12 months ago, this president said, disagreement must not lead to disunion. Ah, but yesterday he invoked the bloody disunion of the Civil War, the Civil War, to demonize Americans who disagree with him He compared, listen to this, a bipartisan majority of senators to literal traitors.
1: A little interesting tidbit. You might have heard uh, Benny mention one of them. George Wallace, Bull Connor, (laughs) and Jefferson Davis, all three of them were Democrats. (laughs) Do you not think... Those pesky facts. Yeah, I mean, what jackass on the I, well i guess if you're working for biden you got to be a jackass but what jackass speechwriter did not even think that through i mean as soon as i heard uh biden's I mean, he mentioned those three last night on the news i thought wait a minute i said aren't, aren't all three and the only one I, i'm i knew that uh, that george wallace was a democrat and, and i was pretty sure that bull connor was and I thought, was Jefferson Davis a Democrat? Yeah. Checked it up. Sure enough, all three of them are Democrats. That was that
2: 25-year-old intern that, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was edu- ed- educated in elite Ivy League schools. But I listened to the speech last night. I went and went The about, Biden speech. And The Biden speech. And um, the, the thought I had was, you know, how much of that speech did he ad-lib and how much was written? Because, um yeah, you know, Everyone knows he ad libs a lot and he's I mean he steps in it both shoes are you know stepped in uh, manure when he starts talking. But really how much of that was prepared by a staffer? And and then I start to question myself, are they really that stupid or are they trying to get rid of Biden because you know Quinnipiac's polls today released uh th- I mean the lowest I, I don't know lowest Ever economy thirty four percent, foreign policy, thirty five percent, COVID thirty nine percent, thirty three percent approval ratings, um overall, twenty five percent among independents.
1: Wow. I I mean the
2: the twenty eight if
1: that's not the lowest, it's it's right there with twenty
2: eight percent among Hispanics. I mean, is the Democrat Party is the machine behind the White House trying to get rid of Biden and Harris, which, you know, I know I'm, I'm trying to support my theory I've had for the last year and a half, but you just can't be that stupid and write a speech like he, he did yesterday. You know, I think
1: part of it is they are so full of hate. And, well, it shows how desperate they are, too, I mean. But, um,
2: you know, if you think you're going to go down and, and cater in Atlanta – In Georgia and cater to, you know, uh, you looked at the people behind them. They were were all people of color. You cannot win an election just with people of color by alienating everyone else in America. And because there's a lot of independents that, you know, don't like to be talked to the way he was talking to the American public yesterday.
1: It's interesting. I'm looking for the story. Um, There was a story out, an opinion piece. In the Wall Street Journal today, talking about the fact that the person that the Democrats very well might turn to as their savior, and I, you know we've we've had a lot of uh, speculation, and we speculated among ourselves as to what the Democrats might, uh, who, what they might do, who they might turn to. The Wall Street Journal, uh, this was actually in uh, I think Town Hall, but they were quoting the Wall Street Journal talking about the fact that, well, um, it looks like they might turn back to Hillary Clinton. (laughs) Two-time loser, but they're going to turn back to Hillary, and she's going to uh, be their savior. If they do, then I am –
2: you know, I'm wrong about who really holds the power in the Democrat Party. The Clintons hold a lot more power still than what I thought because she – I mean, she was such a flawed candidate – I was not surprised Trump won. Everybody in America was surprised that Trump beat Hillary Clinton. But Hillary Clinton was – I mean you couldn't possibly put up a worse candidate than Hillary Clinton. And if they go that direction, um, it would be kind of funny if it's Hillary Clinton versus Donald Trump in 2024.
1: This town hall article says she's already uh, in an advantageous position to become the 2024 Democratic nominee – she is an experienced national figure who is younger than Mr. Biden. Well, so is Abraham. She's younger than Abraham Lincoln, too, but that doesn't make her young. Um, <laughs> if Democrats lose control of Congress in 2022, Clinton could use the party loss as a basis to run for president again. You know, what's interesting about that, 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 that passing thought is I could see Hillary Clinton hoping that the party gets shellacked, just so that she could enter stage left, and uh, your your heroine is here. I'm here to save the day. Uh, but this is out of the Wall Street Journal. They're saying, okay, the, the Dems are going to look to Hillary Clinton. Uh, but this article also goes on to say that, um, and and she will she will speculation is she will come in and she'll say, I am the change candidate. Well, no, you're not you You're the same tomb time loser, and listen, every time Hillary Clinton gets back in the spotlight, people realize, oh yeah, I can't stand this woman i mean there's there's something and i, I this sounds catty, but there's something that is extremely unlikable about hillary clinton she's it's it's uh it's a gift that keeps on giving to the Republicans I mean she opens her mouth, she walks on the stage, her eyes pop out, and uh she has that cackling laugh, and people say, "Why? Why is this woman nominated to run for the presidency?" Uh, I just don't think it's uh, going to fly. Yeah, she. She, um, you know, the last
2: time when she ran against Trump, uh, all the all the you know drill down on the data of what she lost, what she won. You know, women were not there was not a lot of liberal women
1: were in favor of her, but right. not not women, not in independent
2: women yeah. in general. Yeah.
1: Uh, we got to take another time out. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
3: Whatever
0: This is your Drive at Five and ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7.
1: Somebody just sent us a uh, article out of the uh, Columbus Dispatch up in Ohio. A uh, Supreme Court in Ohio has struck down their legislative maps. And what's interesting is in Ohio, the Supreme Court, there is um, majority Republicans. The um, the Ohio Supreme Court ruled that the Ohio Redistricting Commission, which is tasked with drawing legislative maps and dominated by Republicans, could not ignore part of the Ohio Constitution that required them to attempt to match the statewide voting preferences of voters, according to the court's majority opinion. Um, anyway, it's uh, just skimming the article here. We just just now taking a look at it, but uh, so in Ohio, they got to go back to the drawing board. Now, the, the key point of that is the Ohio Constitution is not the same as the North Carolina Constitution. I am not familiar with the Ohio Constitution. It might be similar, but um, as we glance at this article, it appears that um, they probably had a different set of rules going in.
2: Yeah, and I wonder how they define um, – <clears throat> The requirement to match the statewide voting preferences of voters. I mean, how do you do that? I mean, there's you can look at that a million different ways. Yeah. But uh, anyway, redistricting news all over the country. Although,
1: what. You know, from what you just said, it would appear to me, okay, well, if we're going to go with the preferences of the voters and you've got a majority Republicans in the state legislature – yeah, they just – Wouldn't you then say, okay, well, then the republic will be able to draw the maps as they see fit? Well, they just voted, and you,
2: so, hey, that's the most recent election, that was voter preferences. But but I guess you could go in a million different ways. Well, let's look at the percentages that they won. Let's look at the presidential percentages. I mean, I don't know. It's We don't know anything about it.
1: President Joe Biden's decision to mandate that all private health insurers cover up to eight at-home COVID-19 tests for individuals each month could cost hundreds of billions of dollars annually, charges that could cause an increase in premiums for policyholders. (laughs) Eight per month? Apparently, that's what Joe is saying, and that the insurance company—now, this is a mandate from Joe Biden. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sorry, but um, the law of eminent domain comes from the so-called taking clause of the Fifth Amendment. No states nor, uh, nor shall private property be taken for public use without just compensation. The men who created the Constitution were, for the most part, landholders a certain mistrust of the federal government. Well, I wish they were alive today. Uh, so, I- I'm sorry, how can the president— who doesn't create law, how can he pass or or come out and verbalize this mandate, quote, executive order, saying that the insurance companies have to cover the cost of eight at-home COVID-19 tests for individuals each month? Now, I'm not saying, you know, we, we don't know how many people actually order these tests. I, I doubt if everybody that's got an insurance policy is going to order eight tests a month. There's a lot of people ordering them. I know just from but what I hear. <laughs> I, I, it, it blows my mind that you have these elected officials that have no legislative power. They have no power to create law. And they wave their magic wand, like Joe does on this insurance deal. How does he have any legal ability to go tell a private company what they have to do? Yeah, I don't see how that's possible. But you know, um,
2: I, I would be willing, willing to bet whoever's manufacturing these tests, I would be willing to bet that uh, there's stuff jo- going on. J- well, Joe Biden's sister and brother owns a lot of stock in that company as of the last few days i just just a guess just the way the biden war, biden uh criminal machine works
1: oh how much money has changed hands and has funneled into just a select few hundred people that are now independently wealthy since the beginning of covid oh yeah i mean it's you know con- congress people
2: uh you know, hey, we they got, there's some Republicans the same way. I don't, you know. Speaking of a Republican, you know, Richard Burr yesterday during the hearings, <laughs> when they when they started asking, um, who was it, Nancy Pelosi, when they were challenging Nancy Pelosi on the stocks she owned, uh, right? And that, I'm thinking to myself, I bet Richard Burr got up, went to the restroom during that. When he, as soon as they started <laughs> speaking stocks, uh, let me let me get out of here. Let me take a break. Uh, uh. <laughs>
1: The Federalist is reporting an interesting story, and this is, you know, on the surface, eh, you might shrug your shoulders. I think this is a pretty significant story. The Biden administration quietly creates creepy database storing information about unvaxxed people who request religious exemptions. A federal agency debuted a new system on Tuesday designed to record and store the information of federal employees who requested religious exemptions from the Biden administration's federal jab mandate. According to a report by the Daily Signal, the Pretrial service agency for the District of Columbia, an independent federal agency designed to aid Washington, D.C. courts, created the Employee Religious Exemption Request Information System, to track unvaccinated employees who ask for religious exemptions from Joe Biden's federal COVID-19 shot mandate. The Federal Register describes the new system as the best way to keep track of personal religious information. Wow. You Hmm. talk about stepping on people's rights. And... and, uh, now I, I realize the liberal is going to look at me and say, "Oh, you're a conspiracy theory. This doesn't mean anything." Then why are you doing it? It absolutely means exactly what it's meant to be. I mean, it. You know, it, at at best, it's an intimidation tool. Mm-hmm. At best, at worst, it's not only an intimidation tool, but they are wanting to track. Okay, who and why are individuals not falling into line? Mm-hmm. Why are you not? saying how high when we say jump. Wow. The agency claims that the database will legally allow for the collection, storing, dissemination, and disposal of employee religious exemptions request information for an indefinite period of time. And I guarantee you, I mean, it's amazing what the left has gotten away with because – they continue to scream and holler the sky is falling the mm-hmm. end of the world is here COVID is here and therefore we have the right to trample all over your constitutional rights and that's exactly what they're doing
2: well you know i, I made the same argument 20 years ago when you know when george bush was in office and 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 they passed the patriot act in 2001 yeah. i mean yeah. you know you cannot have people afraid of during wartime during pandemic time you either have constitutional rights, individual liberties, or you don't, plain and simple. You know and Ron, what,
1: Yeah. Well, Ron Paul is uh, Rand Paul is screaming now against this. It was Ron Paul who yeah. was screaming against the Patriot Act back then, like father like son. And that
2: was supposed to be temporary and they've expanded yeah. it. It's still there. It's still there.
1: Stay with me.
0: We'll be right back. Back to news and views. Talk ninety-six point three and one oh three seven.
1: Senator Tom Cotton is uh, proposing new legislation to shut down Joe Biden's male-to-female prison pipeline before it starts. The Federalists recently reported that the president plans to house federal prisoners according to their gender identity rather than their biological sex. Now, as this goes, it doesn't matter whether you've had Uncle Albert move out of your house. If Uncle Albert is attached to you all or unattached, uh, it doesn't matter if you just come out and say, no, I think, uh, I think I'm think i feeling like a female today, Joe Biden wants to put you in with the females, regardless of whether you're a biological male or not. And uh, but there's been all kinds of studies and all kinds of factual reports that just say, boy, when you do that, what do you think's going to happen? Women prisoners are going to get up being brutalized violently and raped. I mean, it's... it's uh, you don't have to be a doctor or a psychologist or a psychiatrist to figure this one out. But, Joe, hey, whatever's politically correct, Joe's all about. Check the box. And, and tell me again about this war on women that's being done by the Republicans. <laughs> Unbelievable. Hey, listen, we got to run, but we're going to do it again tomorrow. We'll play a little political trivia. See you then. Bye-bye, everybody. All right, all right, all right.